Hey, it's Matt Bowles. If you want to hang out with me in person, I'm going to be at the Latino Travel Fest in Elizabeth, New Jersey, May 31st to June 2nd. And I've got a 15% discount for you to join me. Just go to themaverickshow.com slash Latino. That's L-A-T-I-N-O. There you're going to see your 15% discounted ticket. There are going to be multiple guests from The Maverick Show attending, so you'll be able to hang out with all of us in person. You do not need to be Latino in order to attend Everyone is welcome. Again, get your discounted ticket at themaverickshow.com slash Latino. And as soon as you do, send me a DM on Instagram at Matt Bowles Maverick. Let me know that you're coming so that we can make plans to link up in person. And now here's a clip of what's coming up on today's episode. This week, we're going to do an experimental episode. Let's get it. Today's most interesting real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and world travelers. And learn the strategies and tactics they use to succeed. And now, here's your host, Matt Bowles. Hey, everybody, it's Matt Bowles. Welcome to the Maverick Show. Today, we're going to do an experimental episode. Many of you have been asking me to talk more about my company, Maverick Investor Group how our business model works, and how we help our clients buy turnkey rental properties and use investment real estate to build their passive income, reduce their taxes, etc. So I'm going to drop all that information for you in this episode. I'll first explain what turnkey real estate investing is and discuss the benefits of buying and holding residential investment property, as opposed to flipping or buying real estate-backed securities like a REIT, or buying commercial property, etc. So we're going to start with the why of turnkey real estate investing. And next, I'll move on to the how and discuss how to select the best real estate markets, how to evaluate a rental property and calculate your potential return on investment, how to conduct your due diligence on out-of-state properties, how to mitigate your risk, etc. And finally, I'll discuss the next steps for how to learn more. And if you're interested, how you can start working with Maverick Investor Group to begin or continue building your own portfolio of cash flowing rental properties. All right. Now, as I go through this, I'm going to mention a bunch of resources along the way, and I'll put links to all of them in one place in the show notes for this episode. So you don't need to write everything down. You can just go to one place at themaverickshow.com and just click on the show notes for this episode, and you'll see all the links from the episode in one place right there. All right, let's start with what turnkey real estate investing is is when I say turnkey real estate, I am talking about buying a performing residential investment property. So this is a single family home or a two to four unit property that has already been renovated. It already has a tenant in place paying rent, and it already has a local professional property management company on the ground collecting the rent, handling the maintenance, dealing with the tenant and all of that so that you can buy the property and own it from anywhere 
without having to live near it and without having to be the rehabber or the landlord. Now, there's two major advantages to buying real estate on this model. One is it saves you a huge amount of time, okay? You do not have to be the rehabber of this property. You don't have to be the landlord and take the calls from the tenant and deal with all the maintenance issues on the property yourself. You have a professional company that is doing all of that for you. And the second advantage is that it dramatically mitigates your upfront risk. There's a huge amount of risk that goes along with renovating properties. Usually renovations will take more time than expected, have additional holding costs, renovations come in over budget, cost you more than you expected. There might be an extended initial vacancy period trying to place the tenant. All of that risk has been taken by someone else. So when you come in to buy the property, it's already performing. So you cash flow from day one, the day that you close. Okay, now let's talk about the benefits of buying and holding residential investment property. Now, most investments, like when you buy a stock or a mutual fund, have one potential profit center, which is that it might go up in value. So it's purely speculative. You have no control over it. And all you can do is hope and pray that it goes up in value. Now, absolute best case scenario, if it does go up in value, and you sell it for a profit, then you have to pay tax on the capital gain. And then whatever you have left over after taxes needs to be greater than the rate of inflation during the time that you were holding the asset. Because if you held it for a year and inflation was 4% and your after-tax net return on the sale was only 3%, then you actually lost money in real dollars, meaning inflation-adjusted dollars. And then, of course, If the stock or mutual fund goes down in value, you're completely up the creek because unless it's a dividend-paying stock, that's your only potential profit center and you're just out of luck. So residential investment property, on the other hand, is a completely different ballgame. When you buy and hold, not flip, you buy and hold residential investment property, you have five different potential profit centers. Okay. So appreciation is one. Okay. So that's similar. The asset could go up in value. So market appreciation is one potential profit center, but it's only one potential profit center of the five. Although we should talk about it for a minute because it's a little bit different with real estate because if you qualify for a mortgage, then you're actually able to leverage your purchase of real estate. So for Americans who can get a conventional loan from a regular bank in the United States, they're often able to put 20% down and the bank will pay 80% of the property purchase price. So let's just say you buy a property for 100,000 US dollars, which by the way, is absolutely doable in the right real estate markets. Certainly not in San Francisco or Manhattan, but it is doable in the right real estate market. So let's say you buy a single family home for $100,000 US dollars. Well, if you only put 20% down, that's $20,000 plus closing costs, right? Let's say $25,000 you put out of pocket and the bank put the $80,000 down. So you only put 20% down, but if that property goes up in value, let's say it goes up, appreciates 5%. So it goes from $100,000 up to $105,000, okay? Well, even though you only put 20% down of the purchase price, 
you get 100% of the appreciation, okay? So if you put $20,000 down and it appreciated $5,000, well, let's, just, let's, let's call it with closing costs, $25,000 out of pocket you put, and it appreciates $5,000, that's now a 20% cash on cash return of the money that you invested because you used leverage, okay? So residential investment property is the most debt-favored asset class around. And so you can actually use the bank's money to buy it, but then you get all of the appreciation, okay? So you can leverage your return if the property goes up in value, of course, right? It's purely speculative, as we said, but that's why it's only one of the five profit centers. And you should not buy primarily based on speculation. If it goes up in value, that's great. That's a bonus. But you should not buy primarily on speculating that it will go up in value. You should make your money when you buy. And whether it goes up or it goes down or it stays the same, you should still be profitable in your real estate investment if you buy it correctly based on real estate fundamentals. Let's talk about what that means. And that moves us into our second profit center, which is your cash flow. Okay. Your cash flow comes from your tenant renting the property from you. Okay. So in addition to the asset potentially going up in value itself, you can also rent out the asset to a tenant that wants to live there and that will pay you rent. Now you want to buy obviously in a market where the gross rent from your tenant is going to cover all of your expenses. And there's a buffer there for vacancy and for maintenance and repairs. And on top of that is still positive cash flow coming into your pocket. Okay. If you buy correctly, you have a stream of passive residual income flowing to you every single month after all of your expenses are paid month after month after month after month. So whether the property goes up in value or it goes down in value does not impact your stream of cash flow that's coming into you every month. Okay, now that's your second profit center. The third one is that real estate is the most tax advantaged asset class in the United States. And when I say real estate, I mean investment property. We are not talking about your primary residence here, folks. That is not <laughs> that is not an income generating asset. Okay. That is a liability that takes money out of your pocket every month because you're paying for it. Whereas an income property, a rental property, an investment property puts money into your pocket every month because the tenant is paying you. So residential investment property is the most tax-advantaged asset class in the United States. When you buy a property and offer it for rent, the government wants to reward you for doing that. They want to financially incentivize you for doing that. And they have created a whole series of incredible tax incentives for you to buy and hold and offer housing for rent. Okay? The main one is called depreciation. So the government allows you to depreciate your property over 27 and a half years, even if it's going up in value. Now, this is just the structure of your property. You can't depreciate land. So you have to break out the value of the land. But let's just say, for example, you bought a property for 165,000 US dollars 
and you determined that the land was worth about $30,000. So the structure was worth $135,000. Well, you would be able to depreciate that over 27 and a half years, which is about $5,000 per year for that property. And that you can record as a loss. Now, you didn't actually lose anything. The property could be going up in value, right? But you're allowed to take it as a loss and you're allowed to use it as a write-off against income from the property that would otherwise be taxable, okay? Now, I'm, of course, not a CPA and this is not tax advice or investment advice. You obviously need to consult your individual CPAs and all that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of giving you the educational overview here about how this works. Now, when you go to sell your property, there is another tax incentive called the 1031 exchange, whereby normally when you, if you were just to sell it regularly, you would have to pay a capital gains tax on whatever the property appreciated and then also recapture the depreciation that you took at the point of sale. But if you use a 1031 exchange provision and you sell the property under specific auspices, and specific compliance conditions, meaning that you don't actually touch the money and then you use it to invest in other properties, like-kind properties. So you use a qualified intermediary, the sale of the property goes to the qualified intermediary, that money then goes to invest in the other properties. If you do that, then you can indefinitely defer your capital gains, tax, and depreciation recapture. Okay. And then some people just continue to 1031, 1031, 1031, and keep exchanging all the way until death, at which point, when your heirs inherit the property, they get the new stepped up basis and there's no capital gains tax or depreciation recapture ever that's due on the property. Okay. So that is an incredible tax benefit. And then perhaps the most extraordinary is the real estate professional category, which if you can qualify as a real estate professional, I'm not going to go into all the details on this podcast, but we did a webinar with Diane Kennedy, who Maverick Show listeners will know. She was a guest on the podcast a few episodes ago, and she did an entire webinar on these tax benefits where we go much deeper. And I'm going to link that up in the show notes if you want to go ahead and check out that webinar, looks at the latest tax laws and everything else and how to use those to make more money and pay less tax with real estate and goes into a lot of this stuff much deeper. But there are ways, if you can qualify or your spouse, if you are married and filing jointly, one of you can qualify as a real estate professional, then you can take unlimited real estate losses against other forms of income, including your you know, salary from your job and things like that. So incredible opportunities with the real estate tax benefits. That alone is an incredible profit center from holding rental properties. And then, of course, if you have leveraged your property, another profit center is the fact that your tenant's rent is covering your mortgage. Okay, so if you get a 30-year principal and interest mortgage and your tenant's rent covers that mortgage payment every month, then ostensibly your tenant is paying down your mortgage principal. So literally, if you held that property for 30 years and it didn't go up in value a single penny, which is unheard of in the history of real estate, but let's just say that happened, your tenant will have paid off your entire mortgage. So you would own that property free and clear, okay? So even if the market does not appreciate at all in value, your tenant is paying down your mortgage every month 
So you are still building equity in your property that way. And finally, the fifth profit center is that there is an inflation hedging benefit. Real estate is one of the only assets that is indexed to inflation. So as inflation rises, so do home prices and so do rents, okay? And as you renew your lease every year with a tenant, you can typically increase the rental amount each year to keep pace with inflation, okay? Now then also, if you do take out a mortgage, you are locking in a 30-year fixed interest rate, okay? And what's happening is you're borrowing that money from the bank in today's real dollars. Now, if there is any inflation at all, what happens is you are paying the bank back in future diminished nominal dollars. So you borrowed it in real dollars and you're paying it back in dollars that are worth less than what you borrowed. So there's actually a profiting strategy from inflation when you lock in that 30-year fixed mortgage, okay? So all of those benefits combine to make residential investment property an unbelievably unique asset class, the most advantaged in the United States for sure. And it also allows you to invest much more conservatively because you're not relying on one thing to happen, okay? So if the market doesn't go up in value at all, who cares? Because you've still got your tax benefits that you're taking. You still got your positive cash flow that's coming in. You've still got, you know, your tenant paying down your mortgage and all this other stuff, right? You're still building equity. So you don't need to speculate on real estate. If you buy right when you close, then you make your money when you buy because you're buying a stream of income, right? You don't have to speculate on what the market's going to do in the future, right? But similarly, let's say another profit center gets disrupted. Let's say you have a higher vacancy rate or something happens with your tenant or they default on the mortgage or worst case, you have to evict your tenant and put a new tenant in and that takes a couple months and you know you have a cash flow disruption. Well, guess what? Maybe the market went up while that was going on and you also still took your tax benefits and all these other things, right? So you have to calculate the entire range of profit centers into your overall return on investment. And when you do that and you see that big picture of all the different ways you can make money from your one property, then it's okay if this goes wrong or that goes wrong or half the things that you hope don't go right because you've still got all these other things that can ensure that you're making money from other avenues, okay? So those are the reasons why we like residential investment property. And remember, if you flip your property and you get rid of the asset, these benefits go away, of course, okay? And then, you know, if you're trying to flip property, best case scenario, again, you're making a capital gain. If you can do it profitably, most people can't. But if you can, then you are a transactional flipper. You make a profit, a capital gain, and now you have no asset left over and now you have to go and do it again. So what you're doing is you're generating active income by putting your time and energy into doing something. Okay. And then you have a highly taxable result. Whereas if you're buying and holding residential investment property, you have a much more tax advantaged situation 
and you have passive residual income that flows to you every month without you having to actively do anything. Okay, You have a professional management company there. You're overseeing it, but you're not renovating properties and dealing with tenant issues and all that kind of stuff. Okay, You are the investor. You are making decisions and you're cashing checks. You're not renovating, rehabbing, and dealing with tenants, okay? So that's a major, major difference. Also, if you're buying a real estate-backed security like a REIT or that type of a thing, most of these benefits also go away. So what you want to do to maximize the benefits is to own the actual deeded real estate, own the hard asset that you control, okay? Not a paper asset, right? Uh, If you own the actual house, that is a hard asset that no one can steal. It can't disappear in a stock market scandal, right? And it has intrinsic value. There is actual real physical value of the lumber and the bricks and the glass and the physical materials of the house. And it provides actual value by providing a roof for someone to sleep under that you can always rent out and get some income for that. So owning the actual deeded hard asset yourself, really, really significant, plus a lot more profit centers there available for you, okay? So those are the reasons why we have, since we founded the company in 2007, focused on helping our clients buy turnkey residential investment property, okay? Now, what about that versus commercial property, right? What about buying a 10-unit apartment building versus buying 10 single-family homes, okay? After all, Monopoly did teach us when we were kids that, you know, when you get four houses, you should trade up to a hotel, okay? Well, here are my thoughts on the advantages of owning 10 houses instead of a 10-unit apartment building. One of the reasons to own the 10 houses is diversification, okay? You can own 10 houses in different areas. You can own them in different markets and you can diversify geographically, okay? So that's one reason. Whereas if you own a 10-unit apartment building, that's gonna be in one place and all the units are gonna perform very similarly, all right? The other reason is that if you're owning single-family homes, when you go to sell them, you can use a retail exit strategy, meaning that you can sell them on the retail market to a primary homeowner, okay? An owner-occupant that wants to live in your house and pay you the retail price for that house because you're going to buy them, of course, in an area where homeowners want to live. If it's an apartment building, by definition, that is an investment and you're going to sell it to an investor and that investor is going to want a really, 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 really good discounted deal on the property, okay? So the exit strategy is harder. Single-family homes also appreciate better than commercial property, typically. And finally, you can do with 10 houses what I call a segmented liquidation strategy, meaning that you don't have to sell them all at the same time. So if one of your 10 properties skyrocketed in value and went way up and you have this huge equity position and you want to sell it or 1031 exchange it and take that profit, right? and do something else with it, you can sell the one without having to sell the other nine. Or on the flip side, if one of those 10 properties is really underperforming and it's just not as profitable as the other nine as you hoped, 
you could get rid of the underperforming property, prune your portfolio, and continue to optimize it. Okay. Whereas with an apartment building, you don't have that option. Either all 10 units, you're going to keep them or you're going to sell them. Okay. So you have a lot more options and latitude to optimize a portfolio of 10 single family homes than you do with a 10 unit apartment building. So that's why we focus exclusively on helping our clients build portfolios of cash flowing rental properties over time and across markets. Okay, now let's talk about how to buy turnkey rental properties. And the first thing you wanna do is identify the best real estate markets to buy in, okay? And the reality is that these change over time, okay? So let's start from the basics, okay? The first thing that we wanna look at are what we call demand drivers. So these are things like job growth, low unemployment, population influx, right? So jobs are being created, jobs being filled, people are moving into the market, that's putting upward pressure on home prices, upward pressure on rents, okay? We wanna look at increasing per capita personal income, okay? People are making more money each year so that you can afford to raise the rents every year and people can afford to pay them. Okay, we like to see a diversified economy that if one part of the economy were to crash, it's not going to take out, you know, your whole rental pool. You're going to have a very wide diversified economy and have your qualified renters broadly spread across that diversified economy. You know, we like to look for things like low cost of living, revitalization projects that are going on in the city, things that make it desirable for people to move to that city and stay in that city. Okay. Now, the next thing is looking at the price to rent ratios. This is super important stuff. The most basic calculation for this is called the gross rent multiplier, which is simply the purchase price of the property divided by the gross rent that your tenant is paying you every month, okay? So that's really important because if you had, let's say, a $500,000 property, an expensive market that rented for $2,500 a month, your gross rent multiplier would be about 16 and a half, okay? Now, the lower the GRM, the better, okay? The more advantageous. So you want to get it as low as possible, so if you got a $500,000 property that rents for 2,500 bucks a month, that's about a 16.6 GRM. Whereas if you have a $100,000 property that rents for $1,000 a month, that's an 8.3 GRM. So it's about half, which is twice as advantageous, okay? So the gross rent multiplier is the first basic calculation, but you need to go deeper than that because expenses can affect cash flow a lot. So it's not just price to rent ratio because you could have the same price to rent ratio in two different markets, but in some markets, expenses like property taxes are a lot higher than they are in another market. So the same GRM in two markets where one has astronomical property taxes and the other has very low property taxes can result in a very different cash flow margin for you. So you wanna calculate what's called a capitalization rate which is your net operating income divided by your purchase price, okay? What's net operating income? That means your gross rent minus all of your expenses. So you're gonna take 
the gross rent from the tenant and you're going to subtract your property taxes. You're going to subtract your insurance. Okay. You're of course going to have insurance on your rental property. And by the way, it's important to get that from a provider that specializes in rental properties. Okay. And there are definitely some things that you're going to want to look into when selecting the right insurance provider and the right insurance policy for you. We actually did a whole webinar on this as well. And I'll link that up in the show notes. You can check it out on debunking some of the most popular rental property insurance myths and uh, get all the information there. That'll be in the show notes. But anyways, you want to subtract your property taxes, subtract your insurance, subtract the property management fee that you're going to be paying to the property management company to manage your property. If there's a homeowner association fee, of course, you would subtract that. That's an expense. If there's any owner-paid utilities, which usually doesn't happen on single-family homes, but sometimes two to four-unit properties, there's some common area utilities that the owner would be responsible for. But usually on single-family home, the tenant is responsible for all the utilities. But if there are any owner-paid utilities, you'd subtract those in your expenses or any landscaping fees or things like that, which, are, as I said, are more common with multi-unit properties. And then you're going to subtract an estimate for vacancy and an estimate for maintenance. Okay, it's really important to do this when you're calculating a capitalization rate because you have, of course, your fixed expenses. You know what those are going to be, but you have these two categories of variable expenses and you don't know exactly what your vacancy rate is going to be and you don't know what your maintenance is going to be, but you need to assume something in order to properly estimate and properly calculate a cap rate, okay? So we encourage our clients to assume a minimum of 7% vacancy and a minimum of 5% maintenance. That's 7 and 5% of the gross rent per month, okay? So your property may be not vacant for two years, but then the tenant might move out. It might be vacant for, you know, two months in a row where you have no cash flow at all, okay? So estimating a percentage each month kind of allows you to amortize that over the duration. Okay. So that's what you want to do. And as I said, sometimes if you have like super high taxes in one city and super low taxes in another city, if everything else is equal, that's going to significantly affect your cash flow margin. Okay. So that's why you always want to calculate the capitalization rate. Now, the other reality is that the most advantageous real estate markets change over time and real estate markets are very local. There's not one national U.S. real estate market. There's a lot of local real estate markets. And those real estate markets all have property cycles and they're all at different points in their property cycles. Okay. There's expansion cycles and contraction cycles and all of that. Okay. So we have been helping our clients buy in different real estate markets over the last 12 years we have helped our clients buy in probably a dozen different U.S. states. And in part, that is because the most advantageous real estate markets have changed over time. Okay, so back in 2011, we were helping our clients buy in Phoenix, Arizona, which was a great time to buy then. It was just recovering from the crash and everything was on sale and you could buy very low and rent pretty high and get a really good cash flow margin and lock in a really advantageous price to rent ratio there. But now home prices have gone up so much that what's happened is there's a process of yield compression. So when home prices go up a lot and the rents do not go up at a corresponding rate, 
What that does is if you're buying the house for more money, but you're not getting more rent, then of course that affects the capitalization rate we just talked about, right? And so your yields are being compressed and your cash flow is just being squeezed. So your cash flow margin is getting much smaller if you were to continue buying for high prices, but not getting any more rent. Now, if you bought back in 2011, you did great, right? You locked in a great price to rent ratio. And now you have a bunch of equity and you can either sell and, you know, profit, or you can continue to collect your cash flow at the good price to rent ratio that you locked in and just have a bunch of equity in your property, or you can do a cash out refinance or any number of other things. But, you know, this continues to happen in different markets. We went into Atlanta in 2012. We went into Houston in 2013. And then similarly, these markets just skyrocketed in value. Homes are now a lot more expensive. Rents are not a lot higher, not proportionally higher. And so the cash flow margins got got really squeezed. And so we continue to help our clients buy in the best markets at the most advantageous times. Okay. So that's a really important piece of it to consider and to understand. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about is how to conduct your due diligence when you're buying an out-of-state rental property. Get this question all the time. So I want to go through some of the basics. So with due diligence, the first thing is that you're going to do the same due diligence regimen whether the property is located on the block where you live or whether it's located on the other side of the country or the world, okay? And you want to have an ironclad due diligence regimen that you execute every single time that involves you not having to trust anyone, but rather being able to independently verify everything objectively for yourself using third-party sources, okay? So that's the crux of it. And whether the property is near you or very far from you should be exactly the same, okay? So the first thing you want to do is verify all of your property expenses. So don't take the seller's word for any estimates. You want to just independently verify the property taxes are, in fact, this much. And the insurance quote that you got is, in fact, this much. And if you got a mortgage, the monthly payment is this much and so forth. So you're independently verifying all of the expenses and doing your own cash flow calculations. Okay, as I mentioned, people will sometimes calculate a cap rate differently. They'll conveniently exclude the maintenance and vacancy estimates or things like that. So make sure you're putting your own estimates in there. They're consistent across different properties you might be comparing and that you are doing your cash flow calculations yourself. Okay. So you have a consistent framework to evaluate properties. Then of course, you're going to independently verify the property condition by hiring a professional home inspector that works for you. Doesn't work for the seller. Works for you. You're going to hire them independently. They're going to go into the property, do an inspection, give you an inspection report. Now, all inspection reports I've ever seen, of course, come with a list of items that they recommend being fixed before closing. You give that to the seller, ask them to fix the items. They come up with a punch list as an addendum that they agree to do to your satisfaction before closing. Okay, that is a part of buying any property, whether you're going to live in it or rent it out. So always certainly do the inspection. And then you want to verify the fair market rent. Okay, and there's really two things that you want to verify here. First of all, you do want to review the lease and the tenant qualifications of the tenant that's in your property. So you want to understand the lease terms and make sure the tenant's qualified and 
confirm how much they're paying. So that's part of confirming everything. But then you also want to make sure that the amount that they're paying is, in fact, the market rent, meaning that if that tenant were to vacate the property, you feel that you could reliably release that property for the same rent to another tenant within, say, 30 days. Okay, so you want to be able to verify that. Now, there is a service that I will link up in the show notes where you can identify the market rent for an individual property at the address level. Type in the full address of the property and the details about, you know, square footage and bedrooms and that kind of stuff. And it will be able to tell you what the fair market rent is, what the local vacancy rate in that area is, and which way that's trending. Okay. So that's really important to do as well. So you're confident with that. And then of course, the fair market value of the property that you are buying. Now, if you use a lender, a conventional mortgage lender in the U.S. is certainly going to require you to get an appraisal. And those, of course, are third-party arm's-length transactions. An independent appraiser will go in, give you an appraisal report for the fair market value of the property using closed comparable sales in the area. And you'll have that report as well to make sure that you're not overpaying for the property. And then... You, of course, want to review the sales contract as well as the property management agreement that you'll be signing with the property management company. Make sure you understand everything and ask any questions or propose amendments if need be to that agreement. So independently verifying all of those things is really important. And then, of course, you know that also relates to verifying the market dynamics, right? So we talked about how to identify good macro markets. The other thing, though, that's really important is once you identify, say, oh, this you know metropolitan statistical area has all these great macroeconomic indicators. Well, that doesn't mean that any property that you buy is going to be a good investment. In fact, most properties, even in really advantageous real estate markets, most properties are not going to be a good investment. And the reason for that is they're either going to be too high end, right? So they're expensive properties that are not going to be able to command enough rent to cover the expenses and make it a profitable investment on the cash flow side, or they're too low end. They're in undesirable areas. They're not going to be able to attract quality, stable tenants. And that's going to create cash flow disruption for you with high turnover, transient tenants, higher maintenance and repair costs, usually in higher vacancy rates. Okay. So what you want to be able to do is to buy in the real estate investor sweet spots. And that's really important to do locally. Now, there's also a service that will do a risk assessment for you of the local area. Now, that'll take into account all sorts of local things like the quality of the school districts and all that types of things and give you an overall risk assessment on the property that you can then use to evaluate it for yourself. Okay, so the final part that I want to talk about is how the Maverick Investor Group business model works, how we've structured our company, how we work with our clients, what the financial incentives for us are, and all of that kind of stuff. So kind of pull back the curtain, full disclosure on how everything works. So Maverick Investor Group is a licensed real estate brokerage in the United States. We are not the 
owner of the properties. We're not the ones that are buying, renovating, and managing these properties, okay? Our company is a real estate brokerage, but we work exclusively with individual real estate investor clients like you, okay? That is our niche, and that's exclusively what we've done since the founding of our company in 2007, okay? So we have relationships with local market specialists, okay, professional turnkey providers and operators on the ground in the most investor-advantaged U.S. markets. Those separate independently capitalized companies use their own money and their own local expertise to buy distressed properties, renovate those properties with their own construction crews, lease them out to qualified tenants, and then they either have a vertically integrated property management solution or they have partnered with a third-party professional property management company locally on the ground there. And then they offer these properties as an off-market private buying opportunity to the clients of Maverick Investor Group. So our clients have access okay, to off-market buying opportunities for turnkey rental properties in different real estate markets. And that's important because depending on your personal buying criteria and your personal investment goals, the same market and the same property is not going to be the same for everyone. Okay. So this was a very important piece of the design of our business model. Okay. In real estate, the cool thing is, and this is the really awesome part, that with the real estate brokerage model, the seller pays 100% of the commission or the referral fee, and the buyer pays nothing, okay? So that means, this is the really cool part, is that you and our clients do not have to pay anything to work with Maverick Investor Group ever, all right? We get paid if and when we help you identify a rental property that meets all of your criteria, you're excited about it, you do your due diligence, it passes your due diligence, and you decide to close on the property. At that point, at the closing, only then do we get paid, but we don't get paid by you, we get paid by the seller. So you never have to pay Maverick Investor Group anything for working with us and using our services. So that for us was a really, really cool aspect of this business model. And one of the reasons that we structured it this way is because we wanted to financially incentivize ourselves to add upfront value, okay? For companies that charge money upfront before you come in the door and all that kind of stuff, the incentive for them to deliver value is decreased because they've already made their money, okay? For us, if we can't help you identify a property that's right for you and we can't deliver enough value that you're going to move forward and close on a property because it's the perfect fit for your buying criteria. If we can't do that, we don't make any money at all, right? So we wanted to create the financial incentive for ourselves to deliver that value. Now, the other thing that we did is we wanted to be able to help you buy rental properties in the best real estate markets, regardless of where you live and, and as those best real estate markets change over time, okay? So most companies in the real estate space, whether it's a real estate brokerage or a real estate development company or a seller of any kind of properties, most of them are based in one market. And so they have only properties in their one market to sell. And so what they have to do is 
retrofit their marketing materials to tell you that their market is always the best market. It's the best market when it's up. It's the best market when it's down. It's the best market all the time because they have nothing else to sell besides their own market. So they're taking the product first that they have. And then regardless of how advantageous it actually is, they're going to adjust their marketing materials to tell you it's advantageous and that you should buy it from them because they have nothing else to sell. We did not want to be in that position. We wanted to be in a position where we could take the buyer's goals and interests and criteria first and then help them to buy in the market that is the best for them, okay? And to not be restricted to one market, Okay, and so we, Maverick Investor Group, are geographically agnostic, right? It doesn't matter to us which real estate market you buy in. If we introduce you to a buying opportunity in whichever market is best for you and you buy it, we get paid. So it doesn't matter if it's this market or that market. So therefore, we can put the buyer first and help you buy in the place that's actually the best for you, not something that you know, we, we have to sell because it's only a market that we have to sell. And so we're, we're pushing that market. So we wanted to create a financial incentive that put the buyer's interest first and financially incentivized us to deliver the upfront value in order to get paid any money at all. And so that is how the business model works. And our goal, of course, and the way that we make money is, is if our clients close on the property and we get paid and they're happy with that property, then of course they're going to buy again and again and again and build a portfolio and refer their friends and refer their family. And that, of course, is the goal, right? For every client that comes in the door, we tell them we would love to be continuing to work with you 20 years from now, helping you to build your portfolio and all of those things. And so that's how we work. Those are the types of relationships that we have with our clients. And that's how everyone benefits in this scenario. So with that... At this point, I want to offer you a couple opportunities if you're interested in more information. The first one is if you are at the educational point in your journey, meaning you're definitely not ready to start looking at properties yet, I want to offer you a free report that I put together on how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that real estate investors are making in today's market. And so this report is going to go through a whole bunch of important stuff that you should definitely, definitely take a look at. It's going to give you a little bit more understanding of our business model and some of the stuff we talked about today, but it's also going to go through these very specific seven mistakes and show you how to avoid them. So to get that free report, just go to themaverickshow.com forward slash avoid mistakes. Okay, themaverickshow.com slash avoid mistakes. And there you can grab a free report and go deeper into the educational content. Now, if you would like to schedule a phone consultation with Maverick, totally free. And it's a situation where we can get to know you. You can get to know us. We can learn about your buying criteria, about your investing goals. You can get all of your questions answered and we can decide if it's a good fit for us to work together. If you're interested in doing that consultation, I'd like to offer that to you as well, free of charge. You can just go to themaverickshow.com forward slash consult. And you can pick a time and a date on our calendar that is a convenient fit for you and register for it there. It's themaverickshow.com forward slash consult. And my team is super excited to get to know you 
And uh, we would love to work with you if that's a good fit for you. So you can grab the consult there at a convenient time for you or grab the free report or both. And uh, we look forward to welcoming you into the Maverick community. So with that, we will sign off this experimental episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I would love to get your feedback on this and if you thought it was valuable and if you would like more episodes like this interspersed in between the guest interviews, shoot me a personal email to my personal email account and let me know what you thought of this. My email is just matt, that's M-A-T-T, at maverickinvestorgroup.com. So it's M-A-T-T at M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K, I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R-G-R-O-U-P.com. Shoot me a personal email and just let me know what you thought of this episode. And if you would like to see more episodes like this or what type of content you would like to see interspersed with the guest interviews. All right, that's it for now. Good night, everybody. Be sure to visit the show notes page at themaverickshow.com for direct links to all the books, people, and resources mentioned in this episode. You'll find all that and much more at themaverickshow.com. Would you like to get Maverick Investor Group's white paper on how to avoid the seven biggest mistakes real estate investors are making in today's market? Just go to themaverickshow.com slash avoid mistakes. The report is totally free and available for you now at themaverickshow.com forward slash avoid mistakes. Learn how Maverick Investor Group can help you by cash flowing rental properties in the best U.S. real estate markets, regardless of where you live. Schedule a free phone consult today at themaverickshow.com slash consult. Now you can buy rental properties with tenants and local property management in place so you don't have to be a landlord or a rehabber to get your questions answered and discuss how Maverick Investor Group can help you meet your real estate investing goals. Schedule your free phone consult today at themaverickshow.com forward slash consult.